This week's episode of Getting Grown is brought to you by Gimlet Media's The Nod. If you enjoy Getting Grown with us, then you might enjoy The Nod too. It's a black culture podcast from blackness's biggest fans. From the oral history of Nuck If You Buck, which you know is my kind of carrying on, to a group of black models who took 1970s Paris by storm, The Nod tells the stories about black culture that you just won't hear anywhere else. Subscribe right now to The Nod wherever you listen to podcasts or go to gimletmedia.com forward slash The Nod. Just can't lose, cause we got a lot to look forward to. One, two, what you gonna do? What good is a diamond nobody can see? <laughs> I hear you got you on lockdown, yeah. but I got the master key. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I wanna do this. All the things you never want to do. I'll do them for you. Sing, Joe. Anybody checked on Joe lately? Where he at? Do we? I mean, do we care? I mean, yes. Joe, his little compact self. Joe is on power. Get he's in a big rich town. (laughs) Is he really? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's the theme song. Oh, well, yeah, that's cool. They say this is a big, rich town. I love Joe. Yeah. (laughs) I saw Joe live one time. I went to the underground, and he was in there singing, what's he singing, man, won't do? Probably. I just love the key. But I got the master key. (laughs) (laughs) I'll light up all the candles around. Show you to the subway. I'll go down. Yes. I can't get it, <laughs> but it's, I admit that one. I can't do that. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He is yet worthy on today. How is everyone doing? How are you doing, sis? Sis, I am here. If you hear anything in my voice, it's because Kia and I are recording at 6 a.m. We're not <laughs> recording at 6 a.m. It is like 10 a.m., which is probably <laughs> 6 a.m. for Jade. But good morning and praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to Getting Grown. I'm Kia. I'm Jade. And we're back to talk about adulting, the good, the bad, the ugly, the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the tactics of being a real life grown-up adult in the year of our Lord, 2018. 2018. That's right. So yeah, man, we're recording a little bit earlier because, listen, I got a lot to do this week, and I know um, I have a rehearsal actually on Monday night. The the group that I sing with, Sean Tillery and Change, is having a live recording on September the 15th. So we will be rehearsing, and I just need to spend my, uh, you know, I have to be a bit more intentional with my time. So I asked Sis if we could record early, and she obliged me. So I thank you for giving me your Saturday morning. I know it is, um, it is I precious. I do have a rehearsal on Monday. Yeah, man. We got lots to do, man. This is what <laughs> happens. You got to be flexible. What I say last week, adulting is all about being adaptable. So you got to be flexible. You got to be flexible. But how was your week, Sis? It was good. I um I worked and Noah. I had a lot of Noah time this week. We went to the park and did cartwheels when I was supposed to be in the office. And oh my god, <laughs> I um, so good. I took her to the office. We had ice cream, 
but it was just it it wasn't a whole lot of catering, which was nice. Um, I needed a little break. We're back at it next week with Makosa. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and oh, I went to this thing called the Color Factory. Fran, of course, is the one who found it. It was of some, course. you know, wild whimsical shit. <laughs> um, and it was so fun. They had all these sweets throughout the thing, and it was this color exhibit, and you could take pictures, and it was a giant ball pit without like a million kids in it, thank God. Um, and it was just really, really fun. If you're in the New York City area and they happen to extend it, because right now it is sold out, try to check out that, that color exhibit in Soho. Um, we went there. It was it was a good time. <laughs> Your sis Crystal, mm -hmm. of course, came. And she was like, oh, we about to take pictures. I didn't put on my art hoe outfit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? It's Crystal. I don't know. It's oh it's gosh. it's its own language. And then <laughs> we went to see Black Klansmen afterwards. How was that? It was fun. We talked through the whole movie. Um, <laughs> I missed. Shout I, out to the I should have been there. <laughs> you should have. Oh my because god! Because we had a we. First of all, it started off beautifully. It was two white girls in our seats mm. before me and Tristan walked in. Crystal, y'all gonna have to get up. That. Crystal said, well, you just going to have to tell them to move because my right. friends is coming. That's right. <laughs> so, and then we proceeded to talk shit the whole movie yes. about <laughs> Crystal was like, mm, look at the white woman on the screen enabling. Look like <laughs> 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 She's like, well, that's just white women are complicit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. That's so real. When she yelled, white women are complicit in the middle of the movie, I screamed my head off. So real, though. That's so true. That's so we true. We were ignorant, but it's fine. How was your week? My week was cool. Um, it's been, you know, since, since my office goes really hard in July... August is kind of a time where we cannot go as hard. We don't. We, we're not required to go as hard. Um, so it's there's a bit more flexibility in the work day. I mean, still getting things done, still pushing out, but it's not like you know. I only I only stayed at work till eight o'clock one night this week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm counting that as a win because usually I be there all times of the night. But you know, we're getting things done. Um, easy breezy. I'm going to be taking a part in. Um, the Green Room is having a ditch day on Monday. Um, hey! Tania of The Green Room um, is having a ditch day going to go to a pool. I don't know which pool. I have to look at the address. But um, if you go to TGR Beauty um, on Instagram, I believe that the Eventbrite link is in her bio. But there are tickets. The tickets are actually free, but it's just in terms of, you know, uh, reserving the space for the amount of people that are coming. But... It's a ditch day. We're just going to go to the pool for a day. And that's really as close as I'm going to get to a vacation summer 2018. And I, I've just accepted that. I'm going to go to Target and buy myself a new bathing suit. It's going yes. to be a blast. Um, I do deserve. I'm excited about that. Uh, and just moving, getting things, getting things in place, getting ready to start. The school year is, is kicking off. Um, you know, colleges and stuff are going, um, you know, classes are starting, which means that yes. things at work are also going to kick into a new gear. But we're good. No complaints. Um, means my child goes back to school. I'm, I know you're excited. Woo, baby. I just did not know that I cannot <laughs> wait for school to start struggle until 2018. <laughs> it's I, real. I, it's so real. Shout out to my mom yeah. and my dad. It's a blessing. Shout out to them. Yes. 
I was talking to my friend Tess um, a couple weeks ago, and she was just like, you know, as a parent, I just feel like kids should be in school all year round. And I'm just like, Agreed. did you feel that way before you became a parent? She was like, probably not. But no. now that I'm here, I just have that perspective. And I'm just like, well, that's totally fair. It is that it is a very real perspective, and I don't feel bad for any of you. No, I mean I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for saying it. Excuse me, and I advocate for all of us who are on the I cannot wait for school to start again train. I am president, choo choo nigga. And congratulations um. to the to the families, you know, because I mean school started here this week for a lot of people in D.C. and last week for a lot of people I know down south. My mom in Tennessee, school started for them like August fifteenth, so they've been back. Mm. Um, but congratulations to all the parents that have received their liberation and, um, you know, wishing you all the best for the, uh, 2018, 2019 academic year. I'll be there with you soon. Oh yeah. Shout out to my homies. Let's get into some trash. Let's do it. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it right now. That was so like churchy. (laughs) Um, mixed with a little trap. I know. Cue the cleanup woman tie. I love her. I do so. <laughs> I get so like, excited. It's my favorite. Clean up woman <laughs> is a woman who. That's how I know I'm like a real auntie because I get yeah. excited every time. I be like, hey, hey. It's <laughs> my favorite intro. Hey. Yes. <laughs> All right, trash. So the VMAs were this week. Were. Um, did you tune in, sis? I did for a bit of them. I didn't. I was out. I actually. I think I was coming back from rehearsal, so I. I didn't cut. I didn't watch the whole thing. But yeah, I tuned I got it in. in. Pieces. Yeah, I just a little few bits and pieces, which was fine for me because I don't know who any of those people are. I know who Cardi B is. Yes, and I did see her. Um, always a joy. Always a joy to see. Uh, to see the people's champion, Belkalis Almanzar. Um, Bitch. <laughs> oh my god. She said it with with such a smile. I let all her teeth were showing and oh, she paid for them me. so they should be. They it should be. Totally that red dress me. gave her the blues. Oh. That poor red dress. She could my, my sis could not get up on that stage or get down. Um <laughs> I heard that her and her husband were in a tiff. Uh, from her intro, because oh, beside besides it being a train wreck, oh, I love you, sis, but it was a train wreck. Um, I don't feel like I saw that. It was, you know, she she <laughs> she was Cardi, but it was just like it was a miss. She was she first of all had a moon man and a blanket, so you thought it was culture on stage. What? And yeah, she had like a blank blanket over her titty, like she was holding the baby. And everybody thought she had the baby. I did not think she had the baby. I was like, there's no way she's going to have this baby on this stage. Because this would be way, fully covered. way too loud and just <laughs> right, too much. Like, no. So Offset was pissed in the crowd, and you can see it in his face. Because he thought it was the baby, too? He thought it was the baby, too, because the baby was there. Okay. Backstage. So he thought it was the baby, too, and she went against their wishes. And when I tell you my man's was pissed, he was upset. Well, I, I feel so, like I feel like I can. Re- I, I get it. I'd have been. I can understand that. But, you know, she's not going to have that baby on that stage with that head covered up like that with all the microphones and all that noise. So anyway, she did that. Then she unveiled that it wasn't. I guess he was still pissed. Him and Quavo. Quavo was looking confused. <laughs> per usual. But that's neither here per, nor per there. Per usual. 
all of those diamonds in his mouth showing. Like when? He was like... (laughs) (laughs) Mouth agape. Close your mouth, son. Your mouth is a jar. Your mouth is a jar. Something's going to fly in it. (laughs) So... Cardi got up there, but then she redeemed herself later on with her acceptance speech with the bitch. Like I felt it in my spirit. Was that for um, Nicholas? That no, that was. Uh, you know what? Maybe she was like, "Shout out to all my supporters, my fans, my family, my everybody." She was like, "People thought I was gonna fall off. I had a baby." She was like, "They said I ended my career." Da da da. She's like, "And I'm here, and I'm still getting awards, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yes. So I hope it was for Nicholas and all of those thighs. Um, who, by the way, we're not gonna talk about. We're just gonna pass on that. Just like Aretha. We're just going to pass We're just, every time. Just an homage, an homage. Even though I do feel like your girl is having a midlife crisis. Oh, she's, let me tell you about how she's zooted and booted. She has come unglued, honey. She's something is not, <laughs> something is not right. And I feel like we should get Tasha Kyle's on the jack. Somebody, we got to schedule a shut-in. We need to pray. She's going. Ianla. She's going down. Iyanla, especially with this Harriet Tubman, honey. Iyanla probably, <laughs> Iyanla probably has many things to say. Iyanla has already created a storyboard mm. and an outline. She probably <laughs> let it come up, let it come up, let it come up, let it bubble up. She's ready for that episode. Oh she has done her research. Rhonda's going to come out because I believe that uh, Minaj is addicted to drugs. I think she's on the drugs right now. She's acting like... A crazy cocaine. Y'all, and I know I have not listened to to Queen Radio because I just feel like I I go through I so much on a day to day basis. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Um, I'm not adding to my own struggle. But um, from what I understand, she she says very frequently, you know, that she's high. So I don't I don't know on what, but clearly. Well, I'm gonna let you all know firsthand. That ain't weed. (laughs) (laughs) We don't make you act like that. That is not marijuana. Just so you know. I'm going to keep her lifted in prayer, but we can move on because we're going to pass. I'll let you pray on her. Um... Who else? What ha- what else happened at these award shows? Oh, Jennifer Lopez got up there and received the Vanguard Award. Yes, she did, honey. And was it just me or was her speech 45 minutes long? I was like, Sis, girl. One hour and 20 said, minutes. She has got a word. Something. There is a word in her spirit. And she An just, episode of Game of Thrones. She just kept <laughs> on talking in her sparkly, bedazzled Tims. Yeah, it was very Jenny from the block. I mean, she was very Jenny from the block, but she's 50 years old. God bless her heart. God bless. I mean, listen, she looks amazing. She Um, looks incredible. I need the water that her and Angela Bassett drink. Angela Bassett was on, was it The Root? One of the, was it 21 something? She was on something. Um, Mm -hmm. Somebody asked her where her, where her key was. And she was like, I have a wonderful esthetician. So get you one of those. I'm going to schedule for my facial this week. She has the same esthetician that Yara and her mom use here. I forget her name. Uh, wait, is it here? L.A.? They live in L.A. I don't know where they, they live. They live in L.A.? I don't know. Anyway, it's a lady who, uh, a black lady, and I've seen them frequently shout her out on Instagram, and she clearly has all of the gifts. Listen, I'm going to get all of my situation. I got a, it was probably about six months ago when I got my last facial, so... 
I will be heading on to TaylorMade Aesthetics to get uh, myself together. Um, yeah, get you an esthetician. But yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to shout out to Jenny from the block. Shout out to A Rod for just acting his age or <laughs> holding that <laughs> cell phone up like that. You better stand for J Lo. That's all I know. Yes, playing stepdaddy, doing a wonderful job. Them kids clearly love you. Absolutely. So shout out to their little their little family, and then lastly. <clears throat> So the succubus got on stage Whom? and gave Madonna oh. um, because I'm convinced that she and the Olsen twins are th- all three 1,000 years old. What on earth? She First of all, she got up there dressed like uh, she was about to sing Blackbird singing in the dead of the night. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was just trying. I was trying to figure out why she needed to be dressed like Johnny Depp. Like, what is girl? What are you giving? She gave me like, uh, you know, Erica Badu with two with cream and two sugars. Like, girl, (laughs) would you not? I was like, since when does um this since when does Madonna dress like Mother Nature? I just it was troubling to me because, yeah. And she claims I, I, I that where it came from. she claims that um, she was asked to go up there and present her award. I guess for the other for the little girl that won. What's her name? I don't know, child. One of them. Um, They're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's like Kaleidope. What's her name? Kaleid <laughs> P. Jones or something. I don't know. <laughs> how, to, how, to, how to kill a mockingbird? I don't know what the child's name. <laughs> Kick <laughs> Her name's Calamine Lotion. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> Chameleon. <laughs> Cash money for the nine nine and the two thousand. I don't know what I don't know what the girl's name was, but Madonna said she was asked to just go up there and present that award and she she elected to take the time to share her story. About herself as it relates to Aretha Franklin, it was not herself. <laughs> herself, herself. That's why I was very particular, herself. very particular about how I phrased that because the story was very much about herself as it relates to Aretha yes. Franklin. Herself Ooh, in relation, herself. not even to Aretha Franklin, but herself in relationship to an Aretha Franklin song. Okay, I mean, whatever. We were watching it. Tristan was like, where is this going? I just I was first like, of all, I don't know. I, said, I can't. I can't. I want her to I just want her to go. And furthermore, the story is a lie because Madonna is one thousand years old. Exactly. And I was just praying. I actually wasn't even really listening to what she was saying. I was just praying if she I was praying she didn't break out into song. Cause I said on Twitter. I said, if Madonna starts singing, I will snatch my television cord right out of the wall. I won't watch this television ever again. If she starts nope. singing anything. I'm going to be like Lourdes, her daughter who she wouldn't let watch TV. Exactly. I am. I actually refuse. And then she mm-hmm. wanted to cry and pout to Lenny Kravitz because the people have been um, upset at this excuse of a, of a tribute. Um, you did a very white woman thing. You got up there to... To, to shout out a woman who has done so much for music and you talked about yourself. And then you cried. When people called you out about it, you cried. And we all know that if white women are known for nothing else, they are known for their tears. Um, yes. And Following their actions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like It's like, let me be trash and let me just do all manner of disrespectful, 
marginalizing, offensive things. And then when you tell me about it, I get to be shocked. And oh my God, <laughs> I get to cry and become the victim after I just victimized you. It's fine. Right. We don't have to it's go okay. there. That's a whole nother show topic. But in any case, Ooh, like you said, the succubus. <clears throat> the succubus. That's exactly what she is. We can just cancel her since she want to wear her uh, macaroni necklaces to the VMAs. <laughs> uh, her RPG her macaroni Her RPG macaroni necklaces and her friendship bracelets. She felt like that was appropriate. Mm. So, I mean. And her sister lock braid huh, crown. Huh, um, uh, I wept. Uh... Yeah, that really upset me. But that's enough of that. Because mm-hmm. the VMAs were. That actually, you know what? We have a, a few things for trash. I'm just going to point out one more thing because mm-hmm. I think we've gone long enough. But Serena mm. has been banned I'm upset. from wearing a cat suit at the French Open. And you want to know what, though? This is a prime case mm. of people holding you to their limitations. You know mm. what? Because I was thinking about this. I don't know who I was talking to this week, but I was talking about it. It's like, folks, when you are a threat and when people can't find any other way to, to, to shade you because you are without flaw and like it's just undeniable how perfect you are at what you have come to do. So I'm thinking about... And they know you're going to beat their ass. Exactly. They will come up, literally conjure up mm. ways to try to... I don't know. Hold you the, back. The fleet, yeah. Yes. And it's, it's oftentimes they use their own limitations and what they can't do as the as the barometer for judging what mm-hmm. you can do. So it's like people like all the time, like Serena said, Serena can't wear that. No, beloved, you can't wear that. You, can't <laughs> you cannot wear that. wear that. So that's why you want to say that she cannot wear that. But, you know, let me tell you something. So my girl Serena said, you know what, sis? I can beat you in this cat suit. I can beat you in a tuxedo. I can beat you in an evening on gown. A plane, on a train. Hello, or I can, whatever. How, how you want this? <laughs> here, there, any Sure. <laughs> whatever. Whatever you need, sis. I'm going to come out here. I, I Listen. Listen. Just like white folks, they made me tired because we haven't even talked about the young lady. Did we talk about the young lady last week? Who? Uh, yes, we did. What, we talked about the, the school lunch, but we talked about the young yep. lady that got sent home because her hair was braided. No. There was a young lady. I believe she was in New Orleans, again, at a Christian school. She got to school on the first day of school, and she had braids, box braids. And she was expelled because her hairstyle was, quote, unquote, unnatural. Now, you know. What? Yes. I have to to look up the story and send it to you. But a lot of people were talking about... um, this particular story on my news seeds. I know a lot of like the the Christian artist um, spoke out about it. The young lady was in New Orleans and I feel like Tokyo Vanity posted it as well because she said it was her niece. Um, mm. But child, yes, she was at a Christian academy, which which just burns my grits. But those, that pisses me but off. those white women told her that her hair was unnatural. They didn't send her home, but they actually put her out of the school, which I feel like is just grounds for all manner of legal action. So let me tell you something. It's about discrimination. To be, let me tell lawsuit. you something. By the time I got through with them, it would be the Takia Robinson Middle School of whomsoever, <laughs> right. whomsoever will let them come. Okay, that's what it's going to be called. Jade Verrett Academy. Absolutely, and we're going to actually <laughs> teach the girls how to braid hair. It's going to be a part of the curriculum since y'all want to act ugly, filthy. They make me tired. 
I'm so irritated by that. I'm so irritated. Like, leave the black babies alone. They can't, they don't want us to do nothing. They don't want us to have nothing. And because they know, like, it's like, oh, I saw something on Twitter earlier today, and it just kind of like uh, nailed it. Talk about a lot how how dress codes oftentimes are used as mechanisms to subterfuge black women and like marginalize us even further. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, y'all make me so sick. It's really hard That's out here. That's what irritates me. It's the pass. It's the passive aggression. Like I cannot deal with it. I cannot deal with how they love to. They want to. They're gonna snatch. Try try to snatch that girl's entire education away. And like because they don't like the fact that she's black. It's like it's like a way. It's like it's a way that it's like a substitute for racism for racial racist it agendas. It's what what we're gonna do is we gotta get these black people out by any means necessary. We gotta get Serena out the paint by any means necessary because she she be we tired of her coming in here and you know literally spitting upon all of our privilege and wealth and literally wiping the floor. The same for Simone Biles. Simone Biles yep. took a nap for fourteen months. Was like you know I'm gonna let you guys work out and then she went to the world uh to to the to the uh, to the function and swept, honey. <laughs> she got her broom and her dustpan and swept those children. Every took event, everything. Listen, robbed them. Absolutely. Took everything. Said, Fury said, "Don't kill me." Fury said, "Fury said, if you were at uh, the world championships um, and you were anybody other than Simone Biles, you lost." <laughs> and I want you to just sit with that for a moment. Honey, yeah. and she came out of like mm-hmm. she took a vacation for fourteen months what? because you can do that when you are magical. A hiatus. You know what I'm saying? You can. She sat a, a sabbatical. She sat her <laughs> behind down and traveled the world and lived her best black life for fourteen months. Then she decided like three months ago. Oh, you know I'm gonna. You know I'm gonna roll through that little. You know what is it? The goal? I'm coming by. You know I'm. A, I'm gonna just go over there and see what they talk about and swept. And then when the people asked her about her performance, she gave herself a B. She was like, because you know, I could do better. <laughs> <laughs> and I still You know beat what I'm you. saying? I not only annihilated each one of you, but I can do better. This is not even my best day, sis. I want you to know. I want you to know I am not at my fullest I form. I love it. I just love I live. You know what? I just hope Serena shows up to the French opening in a in a um Missy Elliott, I can't stand the rain or trash I bag want her to, and beats the brakes listen, off. I of want them. her to wear a, a tennis skirt with a 10-foot train. <laughs> Yeah, I want her to listen. I want her to show out in a way that only she can. You know what? Wear your wedding gown, sis. Absolutely. <laughs> just wear your wedding gown with the baby in your arm listen, and just beat them right quick. Cause like I just, I just am tired. I'm so tired. I'm over it. Of them sleeping on us and literally doing anything that they can to thwart our progress. But you know what? Yeah. They can continue to do that because when we get together, we're still unstoppable, <laughs> we, sis. Mighty. A mighty force. We're still going to level up challenge all over your nerves, and that's fine. So let's move forward into the shout out. Let us. Let's move to the shout let's out. Let's do it. Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> my sister's popping right now. Like. Time for shout out to my sis. Let us shout out our sister. So the very first shout out to my sis was another. Um, Sponsor. Sponsor of Team Typing Fast and Taking Care. New York City. And we featured them before. Absolutely. Um, and we got to feature her again because she is out here. I'm talking specifically about Nikki of Zen in a Jar. Luxury yes. for the mind, body, and space. Also known as the Butter Boss. 
She was a sponsor for Type of Fast Taking Care in New York. She specializes in affordable luxury um, products for the mind, body, and space. Um, she has body butters. She has oils, essential oils, and all sort of scented oils and perfumes. She also has mm-hmm. candles that will have your house smelling like uh, cuffing season. So, oh my gosh. Um, Listen. She was a uh, a sponsor. She featured a brand new scent. Everyone who came mm. got a sample of her latest scent called Mahalo Mango Mimosa. When I tell you that you will smell like Hawaiian silky breezes, heaven. I mean, the, I wore this. I came when I got back from New York. I went to uh, my friend uh, BJ was having a birthday uh, brunch kind of at his house, and I went over there. Everybody who I hugged was like. You smell amazing. What is that? Oh my God, you smell amazing. Because you I smell like a luau. I smelled like I was, if I wanted to steal somebody's husband, I actually, I actually could. <laughs> but you know, I, I'll take your man. I'll take your man. That's actually what she should change the name to. <laughs> yeah. She should. And send it on to the city girls, girl. Get your coin. But I'm telling yes. you, you will take somebody's man. Don't do it. I'm not advising <laughs> you to do that, but you could actually do that if you do this. So yes, we will leave. That's how good it smells. We will. Uh, we will leave. If you're in the DMV area, Nikki has pop-ups on Wednesdays, um, and and um, on she has a scent bar on Tuesday or, or every third Tuesday of the month. You you can find all this information on her uh, Instagram. We'll leave. Make sure to leave that in the uh, description box. Support Nikki. She is a PhD. She is, um, yes. and she has literally been out here, out here, out here for the last few years. Always been a constant support for both getting grown and team type and fast. She's a mm-hmm. she's a dream to work with, and I just love what she's doing out here building a brand. She's been featured on all manner of television shows and everything. She's really just kind of blown up, and I'm super proud of her, and I'm ever thankful to her for supporting me um, and supporting us actually. Yes. Um, and you know, I just could not not shout her out so thank you nikki we love you sis y'all go and get yours in in a jar you won't be sorry out here smelling like brunch absolutely we also uh, we're going to shout out another sponsor um this one i'm really excited to shout out this is another podcast who sponsored type of fast and taking care by providing uh, attendees with uh bound journals beautiful bound journals um it's called the school and life podcast It's it's a podcast with the vision um, oh, hey, New York. It's a, right. it's a podcast with the vision to extend standard girlfriend conversations to a wider audience. Um, and it was, it's, 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 sorry, it's, um, it features two academics, two PhDs, Ashley and Marcy. Ashley is a PhD in higher education administration. Um, and Marcy is a full-time psychologist. Um, the School and Life Pod is about love and libations and um in life um and they just talk about their day-to-day lives as women navigating their careers and just kind of you know share their insight um give us some insight into their relationship as girlfriends they talk about all kinds of great things um yes and we want you guys to check them out they uh thank you thank you so much to um the ladies for sponsoring um the swag for type of fast taking care New York City. It was awesome to work with you, and I look forward to working with you guys again. We will leave their website um, and you know all their their podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple. Apple. So make sure that you guys check them out and follow them on um, 
all everywhere. Follow them on Instagram. Yes. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. Thank you guys again so much for your support. And like I said, I look forward to working with you guys in the very near future. And we will, f- and you can find all of the information for all of the sponsors in the description box. So make sure you go and support, listen to School and Life podcast, and get you some Zen in a jar. You're gonna smell like heaven. Heaven. All right. Heaven. Um, let's move on to the kitchen table. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. No Kevin Hart, but um, <clears throat> what's going on? I mean, beads and braids, hamburgers and hot dogs, ketchup and mustard, Chick-fil-A sauce and Polynesian sauce. Uh, Armpits and deodorant. You know, shout out. What's up, boys and girls, uh, cats and dogs, ribs and barbecue. Slides and pedicures. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for us to gather around the kitchen table. And I particularly have, you know, I kind of uh, called the audible on Jay because I, um, I, Toya sent me an article that was published on Exo Nicole this week. Um, and it has really just impacted me in such a way that I was like, Jay, we have to find a way to talk about this on the show because I am incensed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm actually enraged, and I don't know that I'll be able to focus or talk about anything other than this um, because, you know, I'm just passionate about this particular topic. And those of you who know me well, we actually talked about this last week when we were talking about, like, our favorite TV shows. A Different World is not only my favorite TV show, but it was actually, it's actually just kind of like a source of inspiration. It had literally shaped... It has literally shaped, uh, you know significant parts of my life it is the reason why i wanted to go to college it is the reason why i've wanted to study colleges it is the reason you know why i've been so proud to do the work that i feel like i'm i've been given to do so we got to talk about this because a young lady um on exo nicole is out here slandering my bae (sighs) (laughs) she is out here slandering Dwayne wayne and y'all know that Dwayne Wayne is actually the prototype as far as I'm concerned. So I cannot, <laughs> I can, I could not sit idle by and just allow this, allow this, this heresy, this treason to, to <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just feel like that Iyanla not on my watch spirit is I'm just walking very heavily in that. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, the first line, okay, so essentially the gist of the article, and I will we will link it in the description box, but yes. it is it is literally talking about um, how Dwayne and Whitley's relationships were not relationship goals, and essentially blaming Dwayne Wayne for like ruining Whitley's life and for being mm-hmm. all manner of trash and and, and fuck boy. I mean, and it's just. It's just wrong. So, so I said he had sent the article oh. to me while I was sitting in the movies, and I looked at the title. And so I'm gonna read the title to you all, and then I'm I'm just ping pong it right back on over to Kia. Dwayne and Whitley were never relationship goals, right? So I get this text from Kia. I check it, and I see the title of that article, and she's like, "We need to talk about this." <laughs> And I looked at the title of this article and I was like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) What? What? So I just feel like we have, you know, it's it's really easy for us to fall into, you know, the whole 
niggas ain't shit. They still ain't shit. You know, we could do that all day, right? Right. But at what point do we as, you know, women acknowledge that relationships take two people and think Mm. about the ways in which our behavior might be problematic as well? And I have to say that because I think, and we, if we're talking about an article that is based upon Whitley and Dwayne's relationship, you cannot say that, you cannot literally highlight all the ways that Dwayne is problematic and not highlight the ways that Whitley was problematic as well. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. So in the spirit of equity, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and just calling a thing a thing, I wanted to have this conversation because I feel like the author, I don't know her personally. This is not a total a personal dig at her. This is oh, no, this no, no, is no, no, just no. like me as an avid, a different world stand. When I tell you that last night, I watched all of season three and four just because <laughs> I needed to make sure that, you know, my initial feelings, like my, my gut reaction and response to this article, I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, making claims that were based in something and not just kind of acting from an emotional place. Mm-hmm. So I've watched this countless times. I can quote and literally speak the script. I mean, the the, the, di- the dialogue um, from episodes over and over again. So, all right, we're just going to go through piece by piece and kind of just mm. give you guys an overview of what the article says and then we're going to respond to it. Yes. So the the author says at 16, so it's okay. She says, I've literally watched the entire series of a different world at least 60 times throughout my life. But this time, season five, the the season Willie gets married burns me to my core. So she's talking about specifically, you know, when Dwayne broke up the wedding. Um, she said, 16, the scene was a classic example of a man who was truly in love and put his pride aside to go after the woman he loves. He realized that he would never find another woman like her and got his shit together to win back the love of his life. Why wouldn't anyone want a man like Dwayne? Facts, Facts right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm with you, sis. I'm right there with you. But then she goes on to say, uh, at 32, she, you know, I guess her, her perception or pers- like how she perceived the scene is, is completely different and she's ashamed to admit that once she thought that you know this I- this relationship that she thought was once an ideal relationship um, you know was really really bothered her because it was not she said I've met Dwayne's before and Dwayne was is and will forever be trash and that's when I cracked my knuckles the first time <laughs> so I went on to read so she started by going down memory lane, right? And literally going back to season one where Dwayne and Whitley initially met. And I could tell from the very beginning that, you know, it just seemed like all of her ideas about the show were really based like based in, she's just like anti-dude right now. Like, right. I felt like, you know, there was, there was, her, sta- her, cl- her, her statements lacked objectivity and it really came across that she was kind of viewing Dwayne through the lens of possibly her own lived experience because I, I don't feel like she was fair to him. So maybe you guys can chime in. So the first season of A Different World centered around Denise Huxtable. True. This was the, f- yes. the first woman that Dwayne was infatuated with who, as to be expected, did not return the interest. Denise, much, right. Denise, much <laughs> like Whitley, was completely out of his league. Now, that's where I got beef. Right there. I'm just like, how? 
How? How was the way? How was Denise? Denise was lazy. First of all, <laughs> Denise didn't do anything at him in college but flunk out. What did she do? Right. What did she do? She couldn't pass no classes. She was getting C's at best. There were countless episodes where she was going through with her different professors about how she was jumping around major to major. She was not performing well in her classes. She was a procrastinator. It was awful. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, my boo had an 800 on the math SATs. <laughs> now, let's just call a thing a thing, right? So, I want to know, I, I get, if, if the author was here, my question would be, I would need to know what, what she would base that off of. Because regardless, I mean, Denise and Dwayne actually had very similar backgrounds. Both of them come from two family mm-hmm. homes in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Dwayne's father was a bus driver, but let's think about that. Like, that's working class, but that's still a good government job with excellent benefits. So they were not struggling by any means. No, a city, it's a good city job. A good city job. And secondly, Dwayne's mother, Adele, was an accountant. A very professional, like a, a actual, like a licensed profession. Most of you niggas can't math. Exactly. A licensed profession. Just like, you know, just like Denise's mother, who was a lawyer, and her father, who was a, a, a obstetrician. So I need to know... And, and, you know, Dwayne was a straight-A student. Like I said, Phi Beta Kappa, engineering student, 800 on his math SATs. Denise barely made it into the doors of Hillman. So I need to know what makes Denise out of his league. Is it because she wh- – I don't know. Is Was she light-skinned? I was, <laughs> I, that was my – I was like, was, is, this, is this a light-skinned thing? Is this, oh, man. Please this don't tell so me this is a light-skinned thing because you just know how I feel – I need help. I need help. I need to understand it. So wait, and then she he's, she goes on. She extends the lie. She extends the lie even further to say, you know, all the, uh, Denise was completely out of his league, something he already knew, but that did not stop him from constantly and often inappropriately forcing himself onto Denise. When Sis. did, when, 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 Denise... Like, I mean, he was annoying and he would constantly act like he knew Denise, but that is totally different than inappropriately forcing himself onto Denise. Yeah. Like, mm -mm. that sounds really rapey. (laughs) And they actually went out on dates. They went out on two dates that I can remember of. They went to the sushi restaurant and then, oh, maybe that was the same date, but they went to the sushi restaurant like right before classes was over and Denise kissed him. Say it again. Denise kissed him. I mean, ran up in that mouth, (laughs) but I'm trying, and I re- I vividly remember this scene. So I'm trying vividly. to figure out how that is him forcing himself on her. He was being. A, I feel like Dwayne, especially in season one, his role was just being like everybody's friend. He was like everybody's annoying kid brother. He was a young, aggravating ass. He was eager, a teenage boy, early twenty, whatever you, whatever age he was. He just started school. He was not married. He was out here trying to chase booty. And, you know what I'm saying? Get his degree and live his young life. Like, come on, y'all. Listen, and he was not struggling. Like, he always had the finest of Jordans and Coogee sweaters. We don't want to hear it. And glasses. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't, I don't agree with them painting Dwayne as this, like, villainous, manipulative yeah. creep. Right? Because it's like that wasn't who he was. That wasn't and that he didn't at force all. himself on anybody. He didn't force himself on Denise and he didn't force himself on Whitley. Because if we fast forward to season two, when Whitley and when uh Jaleesa and Walter uh were getting married, 
and Whitley and Dwayne first hooked up around that birthday cake, again, Whitley ran up in Dwayne's mouth. Thank you. I mean, I got and the And if receipts. we're going to call, and the only person who was creepy to me on the show was Ron. Like, how do we have a conversation about trash niggas and not, not bring talk, Ron to the table? How you don't talk about Ron? Number a one womanizer. Trash <laughs> he woman. He was a womanizer, a creep. Everybody knew it. So, all, so but, and, and a light skin creep. <laughs> it was, a, <laughs> and a short, a short, a short light, light skin, skin creep. creep. <laughs> We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna do this. Okay. <laughs> so it says. In season one, Dwayne was constantly making fun of, harassing, and belittling Whitley for how she talked, the way she dressed, and he often poked fun at her for making reference to what he assumed to be her lack of intellectual capacity. I just feel like there's so much lie. <laughs> like, that's not true. This young lady has never... Jennifer, girl, you said you watched the series over 60 times, and I will argue that you need to go for 61. Because that's just not... That's just not how it that's just not how it went down. Dwayne tutored everybody on that campus. He helped Whitley with her marketing homework. Did. He helped Whitley with her math homework. Did. He was always out here helping the people. Never once. And I mean, if you even fast forward to season five, four or five when I was watching last night, Whitley, Whitley tried to pay Dwayne to do her homework for her. And he had so much integrity, he was like, I'm not he about to do, do it. it. He, she said, I will pay you $100 an hour. And he thought about it because that's a lot of money. But he said, no, I'm not doing it for you. Because that's the kind of quality person that he was. Whitley, on the other hand, was trash. She was classist. She was, she was, she was, she was spoiled rotten. She was, she was overbearing. She was judgmental. Absolutely. She was egregious. And if you want to talk about... So... So bougie. <laughs> she was bougie. I'm just saying, if people if people did make fun of the way that Whitley talked, dressed, acted, it was because she deserved it. Right. <laughs> I, that's what I would argue. And I think that that's a good place. I don't know. It just makes me think, I feel like we get the lines blurred between like calling a thing a thing and then like, uh, you know, crying, I'm being abused and judged and treated unfairly. Because if you have the balls... And you have the the chutzpah. <laughs> if you got, if you if you out here being brazen with your problematic behavior, then you ought to be able to handle somebody telling you that you being problematic. Thank you. So why and if is you it can make fun of people? You better believe you are gonna get it back. She called Freddie all kinds of woodland listen, creatures, listen, and hobos. You and bunch of nobodies. <laughs> like, like she called like Whitley was not a pleasant, nice person. No. And at what point do we say, I'm not saying that she had the, she, she, um, this, her behavior warranted any abuse, but I'm just saying that the way that she treated was, she was treated on the show was not abusive at all, especially no. not from Dwayne Cleophus Wayne. I just can't. Thank you. I actually, I actually won't. So there, she claims, the author claims that it, Denise left and it wasn't until after Denise left that um, Dwayne became interested in in Whitley. I would, uh, I, I have, okay, I will give her that, I guess, but I would argue that Whitley had just as much interest in Dwayne as Dwayne had in Whitley yeah. when they when they started to hook up. Yes. So then he, this is when it really, really starts to bother me. Talk about he knew that Whitley was out of his league and 
that she only wanted a certain type of man, and he made it a point to constantly berate her and the standards that she had for herself, guilting her into thinking that wanting more was a problem. Now, was it is it a matter of Whitley wanting more, or is it just a matter of presenting different perspectives, or just arguing that what she what she deemed as more or what she deemed as quality was very limited and very superficial? I think Dwayne and every other character on the show, not just Dwayne, but Kim and Freddie and Jaleesa, all of them pushed Whitley and challenged her on her beliefs because she came to him with a very closed mind and a very small view of what it meant, of what success meant in the world. Like she thought that in order for you to be successful, you had to marry well and you had to, um, you know, present. As a, a certain kind of way. Like you had to have a certain mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic, a certain kind of decorum, a certain kind of demeanor. And it wasn't until she was exposed. And that happens to me and a lot of other people. Your world, when you go to college, what you know of the world is limited to only what you've seen. Right. And when you get introduced to other kinds of people, you start to see that everybody wasn't raised like me. And maybe my thinking is small. So I will argue that it's more that than mm-hmm. like actual berating. I can't think of one time where anybody, Dwayne or any other character, told Whitley, uh, anything that wasn't for her own benefit or good. Right. The reasons why she wanted to date those bougie, pompous princess princes was because that's what she thought um, success meant. And it, it took people like Dwayne to be like, yo, I'm from Brooklyn, but I'm an engineer and I'm going to get this PhD to show her that she didn't need to have someone who, you know, went to private school and, and you know, their parents had, you know, were Jack and Jill and Lynx and all this other stuff. It just makes me very angry because I think it's based like in I, nothing. It's based in nothing. And I think that this article is really steeped in some of the problematic ideologies that a different world worked to dismantle, even right. back in the 80s and 90s. Right. right. Of, of, of showing that literally holding us to kind of like white folks standards of what it means to be successful instead of embracing all the the multi-dimensional ways that we can be out here on our own. So I'm I'm I really I really have a problem with this article because she's essentially saying that Dwayne manipulated Whitley because he didn't want her to be with someone like Byron and Byron was the standard because Byron was the senator. And I'm just like what this oh. is this the the whole idea behind it is problematic. Like you just it's said, wrong. it's problematic. Why is it that somebody who, and and you know what, we also have to come out of this, because I'm guilty of saying it too, but somebody who comes from good stock, why do they always have to be, like, it could be a nigga who comes from the projects. If he's got the right ideas behind him, and he wants to elevate himself, and he's going to school, and he's doing so forth and so on, then how is he out of somebody's league who might come from a two-parent household? Like, we have to get out of that whole idea that just because people come from a certain background, that they are better than other people because they come from disadvantaged backgrounds. I'm just the whole classism thing is just it's super irritating. People who have degrees versus people who don't have degrees. We have to stop looking down on people when they are doing the best that they can. Now you can you now you can definitely look down on somebody who's lazy. (laughs) I do. I'm like you're shiftless and gross (laughs) and trifling. trifling. You're just trying to sift your way, snake your way through life. Weasel it off of other niggas. I don't have no respect for that. You can make fun and look down on them niggas all you want to. 
But for other people who are out here trying to do the best that they can with what they got, where they come from two parent, one parent, they got this kind of career, they got that kind of career, what makes one better than the other? And why is somebody who is of lower standards out of somebody's, like, they're out of their league? I don't understand that. And why is it that we can't have challenging conversations about complex things without everyone always crying and raising the I'm feeling judged I'm feeling judged and attacked flag because it's not always about that. At least not for me, because I feel like like I, 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 of course, as I tend to do when I am triggered, I took to the Twitter and I, you know, tweeted the link to this um, article and we're just kind of talking about all the ways that I felt like it was some bull swanky. Mm -hmm. And what struck me was the number of people who were saying that they saw the author's point. Um, and they were saying that, you know, Dwayne was mean and he was constantly calling Whitley out. And I'm just like, mean, I guess it's relative, right? Because I can't tell you, you know, what's mean. Like, you know, you, you, you have the right to kind of set your own barometer for what you characterize as mean. Right. But I do feel like, I guess, when do we have, like, is it, was he mean or was he calling her out for the, mm. the ways that she was, that she needed to be called out? Like, mm. What's she calling her out? And, and when is it, when is, when can we have conversations with, like, shouldn't we be able to have conversations with people who we deem friends and in, who we are involved with romantically? Shouldn't we be able to have conversations and say, yo, you tend to do this or you tend to think this way and it's a problem for me or help me understand or let me show you why I think that this is wrong yep. um, without it being like, oh, you're trying to limit me and stifle me. Like, I just feel like we... Sometimes I was talking about thinking about something differently when I said this, but I feel like it applies here. I think we excuse, we have been excused for and enabled to be, you know, trup like problematic and wrong in 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 the name of like this is what I want to do and this is me doing me. We have been enabled and reinforced for doing that stuff for so long that oftentimes when we are raised to any kind of standard, it feels like a personal attack. And it's like, I don't have right. to take this. And it's like, I, I just feel like we are headed, like we are headed for trouble if we get to a place mm -hmm. where we can't have honest conversations about honest things. It's, and I think this is a good case, a good example of that because I can't think of any time that Dwayne treated Whitley in a manner that would, would be abusive. With disrespect, right. Yeah. So I just feel like, but I do feel like there were times where Dwayne did something that was offensive or hurtful to Whitley and Whitley said something. And there were times where Whitley did something that was offensive to hurtful to Dwayne and he said something. Right. Um, not to mention, if we're going to talk about manipulation. If we're going to talk about um, playing games, you cannot say in any way, shape, form or fashion that Dwayne played more games than Whitley. No. In their relationship. Their whole relationship was a game to Whitley. We're she not led watching him the on. same show if that's what we're you said. We're not. She led him on from season to season. The whole time. She did everything. She she remember that time that she kissed Ron to get back at Dwayne? How trifling was, is that? How trifling is that? Remember the time when um it, remember the time when uh when Dwayne was with Kinu? And she treated mm -hmm. Kinu like trash. She like it running in and out of the house. Remember the time when Dwayne was interning uh, in Japan for Kanishiwa 
And uh, he wrote Whitley letters and she didn't respond to them. And she said herself, I didn't respond to them because I wanted you to miss me more. Because those are the kinds of childish those are games, games that she played. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, Dwayne did everything that he could to help Whitley. He sold everything that he he took all his internship money and yep. bought her a ring. Yep. Like the first the first check he got from Kanishiwa, he bought her a, a string of pearls. He would do all kinds of things to help her. Um and she never, I don't want to say she never, but I don't even think she realized. She expected him to do that. She didn't realize that in relationship, it takes that, you know, those kinds of things need to be reciprocal and mutual. Mm -hmm. So I just saw it as, and not to mention, if we look, if we talk about the a different world, we cannot actually not act, bring up the fact that Dwayne and Whitley were both like between the ages of, of 19 and 22 throughout their relationship. Right. And young people are going to do young people things, however problematic. Um, so, again, I'm not saying that Dwayne was above reproach, but I am saying, or beyond reproach, or like he was not, you know, without his own flaws. I'm not saying he was perfect because he definitely did some, some problematic things. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think it's fair to paint him as this horrible, abusive, toxic person. The last line oh. in this article was that this was a toxic relationship. Uh, and I just feel like that was totally not fair. Dwayne and Whitley's storyline was a toxic tale of a male's ego and the damage it can cause to a woman if she's not careful and diligent in protecting herself. And I'm like, yeah, nah. Are we, we must be talking about Freddie and Shaza Zulu. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We must, if we talk about oh, Freddie and Shaza... We can, we, yeah. If we talk about Freddie and Shazad, then absolutely. If we talk about Ron, if, if we talk about Ron and Freddie, if we talk about Ron and Kim, okay. But we not talk about Dwayne Wayne. No. We not. No. We not. And I know I felt like that was just me doing a lot of talking. I just had to get that off my chest. No, <laughs> I, I, first of all, I echo all of your sentiments and I appreciate your rent <laughs> because it is warranted. I'm, I'm really actually, I don't know, I'm annoyed. Like, again, this is not a personal dig at the author of the article, but the article was, it's flawed. It's I flawed. Mean, and it's baseless. And we, if we want to sit down and have a, I welcome the, listen, again, this is not a dig on this, this young lady. I don't know her personally. This is not a personal mm -hmm. judgment, but she presented her position and I'm just presenting mine. And if it should come down to it where she and I would have a conversation, I'm happy and open to doing that. Um, Listen, we I can think have a health, debate is healthy. We can. And I feel like it's, com it's, it's, you know, and I'm not saying that I am, I'm not above anybody coming back with me and challenging me because I feel like, you know, that's what healthy conversation is about. I think we cannot talk about complex things like relationships without talking about context and talking about, um, you know, both parties involved. I don't think right. it's fair. And I feel like we do this, we do this too much as black women. And I, you know, I am not one to, to uh, listen, <laughs> I got to be about careful about is, how I say this. It's, it's heading in a dangerous place because yes. we're, we don't have the, yes. You have sneaker high heels. Okay, go ahead. ASAP <laughs> <laughs> Noah in the building. She's in a put on my heels uh, phase of life. Okay. So she likes to put them on and walk around the house. And she's actually quite good at it, which is disturbing. Go but ahead. anyway, <laughs> we're heading in a dangerous place where we're not able to hold mirrors up in front of one another. Absolutely. 
and we Kia and I spoke a little bit about this before we recorded, but it's like if you are in a relationship, you are the person who should be able to hold the mirror up in front of the other person. And you're not always going to like it. You're not exactly. always going to like what you see. You're not always going to be happy with what you see. You're not always going to embrace what the other person is saying immediately. But it is what it is. And we should be able to do that. And I feel like Dwayne called her out on her bull. On her bull. Mm-hmm. And why is it that we are, you know, why is why is that now problematic? Why is that bullying or why is that abusive? Right. Because he called her out on her bullshit. Like, why is that? I think we owe it to black men to not paint them with a with a broad brushstroke and just say that all of them are a certain kind of way. And I just that was the I don't I don't know if that was intended. But when I read this article, that's what I received. I just felt like this was painted broadly like, okay, so like let's just highlight the ways that Dwayne was problematic without talking about their relationship in the context of, you know, it being like these are two people who came together and sure their relationship was rocky and it required, you know, you know, it wasn't always perfect or seamless, but we can't talk about one without talking about the other. Right. Um, because, you know, it's just it's just not fair. So and if we would we wouldn't want I, I know I don't like it when people do that to me. It, like I tell dudes now that I'm talking to the quickest way to get me to stop calling your phone is if you say thing like, I know women or you women or this or that. Like, that's the quickest way to get me to disengage. Okay. So I don't, I just, since I know that that is something that I don't like, I'm very cautious of doing that um, for men. And I know that I'm not, it's something that I'm working towards. So I don't get it right all the time. So there will be times where you hear me say things like niggas ain't shit because sometimes that's just my experience. (laughs) But at the same time, but at the same time, I don't feel like in, in, this case maybe this was a lesson for me like because i didn't this did not this did not sit with me well maybe it's because i'm still holding out and i still believe that i got a Dwayne wayne somewhere out there lacing up his jordans ready ready to just ride off into the sunset with me howsoever i don't I, i think that yeah i just i wanted to talk about this because i think it's it's a it's a deeper conversation that we need to have. Similar to like Love Is. I don't know if you watched that. Did you watch Love Is? Oh, okay, yes. Oh. Oh. Yes. Girl, girl, yes. girl, 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 girl. And I kept saying so many I was inundated. I was shocked how many people, um, how many people hit me up and said, like, what do you think about Love Is? Do you have any thoughts about Love Is? And I, to the point where I made that Instagram video, like, um, so many people have asked me, and I'm just like, guys, I don't think we're ready to have a conversation about love is because I, I think it's deeper than just picking a side. Let me, love is is problematic as hell. Troubling to me. I feel like I do think that that is the intention. I think the authors wanted to showcase the ways that relationships uh, are are can be problematic, um, especially when we have, are dealing with two individuals that have had you know, lots of things that they've dealt with in their past and have not necessarily done their personal work. Um, so now I feel like they're just aiming at each other. Um, oh, Lord. Broke and- nigga propaganda. Woo! It's Jesus. broke nigga propaganda. He's controlling. He's manipulative. <laughs> He's manipulative. Now, now, he, now Yasir is the scammer. We're going to talk about scammers. We're going to talk about niggas with agendas who use mm. people for their own agendas. But he said it though. Oh my God. Okay. So he said it. He said it. He, he said, said it. you he are said, my fresh start. 
Listen, and I mean, not to mention, if we go back to the episode with his mom, he was talking about, he, he, he highlighted Ruby, his mother, um, even his baby mother. He was like, everything I've got, a black woman gave it to me. He said that out of his mouth. Mm. So his, his MO is, is, has thus far has been using black, black women, women to get what he wants. And Nori was no exception. I and what y'all argue. not going to do is pay, paint Ruby as, as a villain because Ruby was actually justifiably fed up. Oh, absolutely. And I think so. So, yeah, I think everyone is fed up. His mother was fed up. His baby mother was fed up. It's just a matter of time before... Well, I guess we can't say that because they end up living happily ever after. But I just felt like from the beginning, Yasir has always been... He's not... He's a very... He's a very wise... He's a smart dude. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he knows he's charismatic. He knows how to get what he needs yep. from a woman. He moved yep. from one bitch's house to the next. That's what he's been doing. Like that nigga was barely homeless. I'm just telling you. And and was and managed to not be homeless in that little interim because he went back and did what? Took care of his ex when she got liposuction. Listen, that's manipulative. I mean, it's it's just a matter of like it's just a nigga with an agenda, and I feel like Nuri is again like Dwayne. Nuri is not. I'm not. Nuri got her own bag of issues that she's dragging mm-hmm. along too, because she does not use her words at all. She's Hello, problematic. She does not communicate. I want her to use her words every time something happens. She's just gonna have sex with like. Well, we just gonna have sex and we'll work it out after we have sex, which I feel like is fair because I mean we've all been there. But it's that. In it's the not a issue, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not. It does not address the situation. It actually makes things worse yes. because you end up being emotionally and 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 spiritually attached to somebody who you cannot communicate with, who you cannot mm. talk to, and mm. you continue to make assumptions about behaviors instead of talking about behaviors. You don't never get to the root of the issue because you're just guessing. Everybody's just guessing. So listen. I think you and I should have a conversation about love is. I really I saw, think we should. I saw XD posted last night and I said, I got to get off the internet because I felt the heat rising <laughs> in the back of my neck. Because he was like, he's noticing, he's, he wonders if the difference in reaction to love is um, matters for people who are in relationships or partner relationships and people no. who are single. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because you're not going to blame my anger against Yasir on me being single. I don't think that that's fair. I think Yasir is 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 a scammer. And that's just what it is. And I am bound. You know what I'm saying? I got a nigga. And Absolutely. I was sitting there watching Love Is. And I, I was like, this is problematic. <laughs> this is probably and if anybody thinks this is how love is supposed to start to begin, this is pro- and not saying that every every set of relationship doesn't have its issues or have some problematic things within it self-included i started off with all kinds of foolishness but i mean we all did looking back did. at going back and watching love is now I'm, I'm oh, not you know i'm not saying it's an old show but watching it i guess at the stage that i am now in my life I'm like, that nigga's controlling. <laughs> that nigga is homeless. This is broke nigga propaganda. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I sit there and I am and I just count all of the things that are wrong. You know what I'm saying? Y'all said I love you on the first night. And I feel like this is also an instance where, I mean, we've, I feel, I've never said I love you on the first night. But I think that we have all led with emotion and lust 
Mm. versus like rational thoughts. Absolutely. Self-included. Like, I, I, I'm saying I am very guilty of that. So this I is not a dig. Very, this is what I'm saying. This is not, this is, I'm very, very guilty of that. And in fairness, Nuri and Yasir, well, Yasir is, they have, there's a, there's quite an age gap between the two of them. So I yes. feel like, uh, you know, Nuri, sure, 25, 26, she might, might not know as much. That's why I feel like Yasir has been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And no, this nigga seasoned. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And not saying that he even went after her um, with the intention of using her. But I he once he again found himself. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I don't know. I think he made Yuri. Like, you know how, you know, like when you. um, I think he did. I think he did. I think Sean. That saw him. I mean, even the way that Sean even was the like, way he approached her was listen, problematic. I was like, Sean, Yo, what said, kind of grimy nigga shit is this? Son, Sean <laughs> said, "This is the woman I'm going to marry." He went to the bathroom. Yeah, sit with and introduce himself. <laughs> I'm like, this is a terror. This is like he's a terrorist. You, this this nigga's a terrorist. Like, are you kidding me? He wanted to introduce himself. And what <laughs> and what really blew me was that when he told Sean, he was like, "Her name is Nuri. She's a writer." He was like. If I was Sean, I would have been like, well, how the fuck do you know that? Exactly. Like, how'd you, that would have been a problem. I just it's, showed you what I was getting ready to go after, and you're going to go over and hold a whole ass conversation. And don't give me no bullshit about how men and women can't have, you know, platonic conversations and friendships and so forth. No. Your homeboy just said he was going to shoot his shot, and as soon as this nigga dipped, <laughs> dipped out the picture for five minutes, you went and, and, and laid your little nest. It's it's really, I think. Listen, as someone who has been gullible, hopeless, romantic Nuri, I've been there. Yeah. I feel like I feel like certain men, and even certain women, I think people who have the capacity to play on that, they they can smell it. Niggas mm-hmm. smell your insecurities. They know what it will take in order to get what they need from you. And in this instance, I always felt like you see her knew that uh, you know, Nuri was the type of woman who he could just tell her certain things and she would wholeheartedly believe him. Yep. And I feel like he collected his intel. <laughs> He yep. actually collected information about her and was very strategic in the way that he moved to gain a certain level of access to her. He and manipulated he her, her into saying, I love you. He manipulated her into everything. He manipulated her into proposing. That nigga proposed to himself. <laughs> he don't even realize. He was like, so are you proposing? And she was like, yeah. Yeah, I am. I actually am. She was not like, and she was just not like, she's been that naive. I mean, I asked someone who's been that naive and so just into it. Like, you just go along with stuff because it's so good and you don't want to do anything that would possibly threaten or disrupt what you feel like is the best situation. This is an mm-hmm. ideal situation. So, and, you, and you're and intrigued because this is somebody who is not like the dudes that you're accustomed to. Like, you are accustomed to niggas like Keith with the teeth and Ooh. Derek with no socks, right? You're accustomed to these kinds of, you know, button-up dudes. So here comes Yasir, and he's something that you've never had before. Right. And you feel like, oh, I'm into this, and he's into me. So let me just keep going. I have been there. So this is what I'm saying. I feel Same. like I know what I'm talking about. And I think that he uses that. Him being almost 10 years older than her, he knew that she was wide open. He and knew- if he told her Green. that this... T- 
if he told Yasir knew that if he told Nuri that the sky was was ombre purple and orange, she would be like, "You bet it is, absolutely." Like, <laughs> like <laughs> he knew that, and he played he played to that, and, and he worked he worked that to his advantage, and to the extent to where Nuri dropped him off at Ruby's house to get his like. I wish I I was a while I was watching, I was sitting here thinking like, oh my God, what the hell? Like picture me dropping a nigga off to spend the night at his ex's house to come back to me. Right. Like he, gonna, like, he don't have no job. That nigga got 10 hours a week, but he moved from one, one house to the next. To the point where you are now chauffeuring him. You're taking him, literally taking him to go and get his stuff. And I'm just like, this nigga got a free ticket. And I'm like, but that's that's what happens. That's this is that that's the level of manipulation that was out there. And to the like, listen, Dwayne saw the Dwayne saw the tea leaves, honey, and was like, not on my watch. So he would call Whitley out when she would start to do play those games, and he yes. said, "I'm not I'm not gonna play him with you." So I just think if we if we compare, let's say we were to compare a different world to uh, Love, Love is, is Whitley is Yasir. She is. <laughs> And you're serious, Whitley. And I, that's why I feel like we cannot... Except that's why for Dwayne is not green. He's not green. He Except for Dwayne is what Nuri needs to be. And be right. like, nah, nigga, it's not... Mm-mm. Let me if tell you gonna what you're not going to do yeah, this. <laughs> if we go, if we going to do this, we're going to do this this way. I lo- You just really, you just really kind of <laughs> triggered me with Love Is. Because I... You know, people are like, it is a great show. And I'm like, mm... I do feel like it is okay. So I don't have a problem with like the writing, no, no, or the no, no, concept no, 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 of the no, no. show. No, I do, no. I do feel like, I do feel like it is exhausting because I like to have. There's no hope in the story. No. So it's like there's no protagonist. I don't feel like there's anybody I can root for, and no. that makes it hard for me to watch it because it's just like, oh, this is just so much bad. But I do realize that I'm looking at this. Through the lens of my own lived experience and at being 35 years old, mm-hmm. I see the world differently than I did 10 years ago. Of course. So, so that being said, I'm not going to say it's a terrible show. I do feel like it, 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 the show does, however, feature lots of terrible things. That's, that's exactly what, like, <laughs> it's homophobic. <laughs> like, Nuri was homophobic. Like, she was about to out Keith with the teeth, man. And, and now I, I, I did appreciate it. I will say that was the one redeeming thing that Yasir did when he, he did put say that. her he said, in her place. Yes, I was exact. I was, yes, that was. And it wasn't yes. even just, it was also him correcting her on her, on her AIDS joke. But when he told her, it is not your responsibility to out that man. That's not your place to out that man. I had to give a little clap clap for him there. And when he got her together about, you know, her feeling entitled to work with Angela and even when her and Angela were beefing, he was able to kind of be like, well, you know, you out of pocket. Right. Right. Which I feel like it's necessary in relationship because your partner should be able to call you out like, you know, that's not right. Right. Like, you know, that they should. And so I give him that for those for those two instances. But outside of that. Mm hmm. He's Yassir, canceled. He Yasir is a is a manipulative, controlling hotep. Listen. <laughs> problematic ideology Negro. Listen, listen. And he wears his drawers outside. He does. I said I was gonna go back and watch the episode <laughs> I still don't follow. Like I don't get it. I was watching it like, what the heck is this? He wore his drawers outside. 
walking down the street confidently in his underoos in the furniture store like sir somebody can call the police on you that is indecent indecent but yes that's our kitchen table i think we have literally just like <laughs> gabbed for however long yes. hopefully you guys were in bored to tears i would love to know your thoughts um and opinions Listen, I think this is excellent, and I love TV, and TV often, um, I'm, I'm actually glad that we, one of the things that I love about TV is that how, how we could use it as a lens or a frame mm-hmm. for talking about things that are actually going on in our lives. So this is our way of talking about relationships and what we think and believe about them through the lens of two of our two of our uh two shows both a different world and love is mm-hmm. and listen weigh in at the kitchen table bring your snacks let us know what your thoughts are let's keep the conversation going let's keep it going we're going i think we're going this is good these lead to good conversations more tv <laughs> more tv more tv and y'all know tv is my boo honey so i'm always excited about that well let's move on to okay. reality tv with the honesty box <laughs> <laughs> okay okay honestly Truly. It is time for the honesty box. Honestly. Truly. Truly. Mm-hmm. Hello to my big sisters in my head. My name is KK. Before okay. we get <laughs> she's a pimp. Before we get into mm-hmm. it, let me just say I love you both. I just discovered this podcast and went all the way back to episode one and have Kiki'd all the way to the most recent. Hey boo. Yes, welcome. Y'all serve me the inspiration, the hilarious banter, and the reads I sometimes need. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Thank you for being yes. a friend. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best remix. So we started ever. from the bottom, now we're here now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Woo, keep him. He is beautiful. Now for the tea. Oh, mm-hmm. tea. Oh, tea, tea. Let me get my, all right, let me right. get my Let me get my water. I've been with my boyfriend, kid's father, all of my 20s. I'll be 29 soon, and we met when I was 21. Okay. We've been through ups, downs, and side chicks, breaks, two kids, proposals, breakups, to hell, and back. My, my. But we can't stay away from each other. I feel like we are the clones of Jim Jones and Chrissy. Oh, Ooh. God. My Lord. The older I get, the less tolerant I become or selfish of of selfish behavior and I'm and the I'm just a man, I'm sorry. He's an amazing father and a sometime partner. One week he wants his family, our relationship, us together, and then the next week he's distant with his friends and going out almost every day as a priority. It's to the point that I left him for nine months, got a U Haul on his ass because I felt like he wasn't putting us first. It hurt my heart. He'll be really good for a couple of months and then go right back to little kid mode. Granted, I'm not clingy at all. I give every I get everyone needs and should go out and hang with friends to release, but I don't get the same luxury. He expects me to stay home while he runs the streets and is indecisive on what he wants. He says we'll get married and I'm the one he loves, but he feels he's missing out since all of his friends are single bachelors. He says when he turns 30, he'll be ready for it all. Two kids in eight years, you're not in the same league with them anymore, but he doesn't get it. Do I love him through the growing pains and wait for him to fully be the man I need, or would this big baby never fully grow up? Help sisters. XOXO. KK. Woo. I don't know. I think... Mm. So it's clear that you guys have been through a whole like a whole number of things Mm -hmm. and 
throughout his behavior has been, you know, consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be challenged to believe that, that it would be wise to expect him to change without him um, like being intentional about seeking some sort of help or working to change his, his, you know, thinking or behaviors or the way that he like, so I don't think like, he's not going to change unless you guys do something that's going to elicit that change. Because I, I, I don't know if you guys have, you know, enlisting all the things that you guys have been through. You didn't mention that there have been any sort of like therapy or, um, you know, whether you guys going individually or as a couple or any sort of workshops or any way that you might be able to, to get more information or more resources or access to resources that will help you change the behaviors or the problematic behaviors in yourselves or in your relationship. So I don't think it's, I don't think I wouldn't expect like, um, if he's been this way for nine years, he's not going to change unless he does something to, to make him change. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to take, I wouldn't expect him to change unless he says, I'm going to go to try to get some help of some sort of, we're going to try to get some help of of some sort. Mm -hmm. Because if he hasn't figured it out by now, you know, I don't know that he will on his own. And that's not a dig at him. I'm just saying like, the reason why I go to therapy is because I'm looking for, you know, me trying to figure out how to manage different parts of my life on my own. I wasn't able to do it on my own. And in order, if I wanted, I tried for years and years and years in order for me to get what I needed, I had to go somewhere and get, I had to, I had to do something different. So I wouldn't expect him to change unless he says I'm going to do something different, whether that be, you know, get a therapist, get some help. You guys take a, a, some counseling classes, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, church or community or however, but, I wouldn't expect him to change if he's if there's not going to be something like that to catalyze the change because y'all been trying to figure it out on your own thus far. I don't know like anything anything that would happen outside of that to me would would seem like some sort of miracle. <laughs> I <laughs> um you've made him comfortable. Right. So he he knows what he can get away with at this point because he's been doing it for almost a decade. Um, right. And I understand the vantage point of having a child, having children, especially with somebody and wanting and just wishing with with all of the might from your toenails for your family to work out because everybody wants that. But I just don't want you to put yourself in a place where you want it to work out so bad that you are willing to put up with this for another eight years because mm-hmm. he's not doing the work. And we keep talking about how potential ain't, potential ain't shit if you're not doing nothing. You got to do the work. Like, he's got to do something that's going to let you know that he's going to be willing to do the work of change. change Niggas is- can have potential all day. Absolutely. But change is work, right? It's work. And it's it's active work. And if you are a loyal partner and you're staying at home with your children and you're just just taking care of your responsibilities, 
why shouldn't he be expected to do the same thing? And this bullshit about how he he's gonna when he gets thirty years old he's gonna pull it all together. That's not nah, how that happens, buddy. That's not how that works. There are fuck niggas in their forties and fifties right now as 60s, we live and breathe. Seventies, eighties, and nineties. What's the grandpa bay nigga on Instagram? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know this nigga is getting panties everywhere. But, oh my god! Or draws. I don't know, but. I say all that to say, like, everything doesn't magically, he doesn't hit a magic switch when he turns 30 and all of a sudden get his shit together. And you need to, first of all, outside of the fact that this is not healthy, this is not a healthy relationship, this is a terrible example for your children. And this is going to wear on you if if it hasn't already, and it is, we we can read it all up and through this email, but the way that it wears on you is going to reflect in some form or fashion. I'm not saying you're going to be abusive to your children or anything to that extremity, but they're going to sense that. Kids sense when you're when mommy is sad. They sense mm-hmm. when mommy is not in a good place. And you want to be as healthy as possible for your children. And maybe that is, like Kia said, you guys go into some kind of counseling and actually doing the work to get to a healthy relationship. But I want you to also understand, and this is not to to knock the wind out of you, that he has a very strong pattern of super problematic ways. Right. And you you might need to take you might need to take your leave for a bit to a show that you're serious. But most importantly, get yourself together mentally, emotionally and and everything that's in between so that you can be the healthiest person for yourself and for your kids. Absolutely. So Agreed. that's a, that's that's what I got. I um I am praying for you because this is yeah, not totally. easy. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to do easy. something. You got to do something to get the tools, right? Mm-hmm. However that however that means. However that, you know, Whatever that means, however that manifests itself or demonstrates itself, you have to do something to to you know ch- change its movement, change its work, change its like more than just saying, "Oh, I'm gonna change." There's got to be some feet to pavement, um, and you are only responsible, like Jay said, for yourself mm-hmm. and your children as well. But you're responsible for yourself. You cannot make anybody do anything. So maybe it's a matter of determining what you're going to do mm-hmm. and presenting that and saying, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know if it's, you're saying, you know, I'm down to continue to try to do this together. But if we do, it's going to have to look like this. And if that's These are not my something, conditions. yeah, if that's not something that you want, then we need to de- determine, you know, how we're going to, exist outside of relationship um but if we're going to be in relationship it's going to have to look like this mm-hmm. and it, it's okay to not know what that looks like but i'm just i'm just encouraging you to get the information and the tools to make the changes that are necessary in yourself and in your relationship and write down the things that you don't like write down the things that that upset you um in the relationship so that you can you can you can start to figure out what you don't want to tolerate and what you won't put up and what you won't deal with so that you can get a clear head organize your thoughts and 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 it is okay for you to let him know I'm not putting up with this anymore I can't 
It's not you trying to be anybody's mother or boss anybody around, but clearly you have given this nigga, you've given him more than wiggle room. This nigga is sashaying and electric sliding all over the place. He's got way more. Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Like that is, that's a pattern that's going to be hard to break. And so you've got to do what you have to do for yourself. Keep us updated. Yeah, let us know um, what's what. And thank you for, you know, being vulnerable with us and trusting us to weigh in on such a serious matter. We take it seriously. Um, And like Jay said, we'll definitely be praying for you um, and keep us, yeah, keep us updated with what's next. Y'all continue to send your your, uh, letters in to Getting Grown Pod. And Jade and I will continue to try to offer our insight and humble opinions (laughs) and perspectives about how you might proceed concerning the the various issues and matters in your life. So, yeah, y'all want to move on to the petty parade? Let's go on and parade. Let's go on parade. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. Parade time. <laughs> we love an air horn as a friend. <laughs> Our friend group loves an air horn. Yo, friend, <laughs> friends, ignorant ass air horn or insecurity. I be trying to tell niggas. I'm like, y'all don't know friends. Number one troll. Like, friend is the number she one totally troll. Is. She is not all green juice and wheatgrass. It's not all patchouli and manuka honey. I'm telling you. She knows how to troll like no other friend. <laughs> Chris, Chris, this is a last speaker's reduction. Insecurities brought to you by Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Then she does that ignorant ass laugh right after it. <laughs> I'm like, y'all got a little dose of real friend. <laughs> oh my god! So but cool. anyway, um, my petty peeve this week. Okay, so I can't stop niggas from talking to me. I would love to say, don't talk to me. I would love oh for that god. to be my petty peeve, but I can't control that. Don't talk to me when I have my kid, though. Um. Like, don't talk to me when you have your kid. And don't talk to me when I have my kid. Also, don't talk to me when I'm with my mom. Also, don't talk to me. But <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me when you have your kid, when I have my kid, if I'm with my mother. Woo. Like, don't, don't do any of those things. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your child. I told y'all about the nigga in the bodega who said, hello, princess. I'm not your... I'm not your goddamn princess. Your princess is right there holding your hand, you disgusting nigga. <laughs> but I had a group of niggas try to talk to me while I'm holding Noah's hand walking to the car. A group of niggas? It was like three of them. Um. A trio. <laughs> a trio. And I'm like, and, they're, and they are consistently, I'm not acknowledging them, and they're consistent. Good morning. Good morning, miss. How you doing? You looking real nice over there, miss. And I'm loading my kid into my car. What's wrong with y'all niggas? You don't have no decorum? Mm-mm, they don't. And if I yell at you, what's wrong with you niggas? You don't have no decorum with my kid right here. And then you say something out of pocket, it's going to be bad. So I just had to ignore it altogether. But don't try to talk to me with your... Like when we got kids in the in the in the vicinity, what are you doing that for? What do you think this is going to lead to? You think I'm getting ready to walk across the street with my daughter and entertain you? Oh man, niggas don't oh. have no kind of they don't have no kind of common sense. Like oh gosh, what ugh, do? they're just ashy. They need some of that mango madness mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> some mahalo. <laughs> you need 
to a hollow in your life. You ashy ass dusty nigga. Mm-mm. What's your petty peeves? Yes. I'm struggling this week. I feel like I don't really have one. Okay. Um anybody get on your nerves this week? I will say this. This is uh this is something that is kind of like consistent. I hate crooked parkers. Sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> woo! you know, and I mean we're all guilty. We're running into the store and you know, you're just running in, running right back out. But like there are people who are really just reckless. Just pull the car in in any old kind of way. That cat a corner business. Or the people who, especially like when you're parking on a corner, like parallel parking on a corner, mm. and you and you know that there is space for you to move mm. up such that somebody, like there's a whole parking space behind you. Like when you take up two parking spaces, like there's a special place. Strumming my pain. There's a special place in hell for the people who... Who who don't like? They're like there's rules of the G code when it comes to parking, mm-hmm. and y'all just be out here. Do, well, you parking on the line, right? So now I got to do the snake. I got to roll my back to get out the car because you just parked any old kind of. You just swung that car on in this space any old kind of way. Or like oh the parallel parkers like you said who just park like assholes <laughs> when we could have a whole. Two other parking spaces between so you and the asshole three cars back. Listen. I t- I'm telling you, like, that, and then I have to drive around for 35 minutes. I got on Instagram Live one day for, like, 45 minutes looking for parking in my neighborhood just because niggas park like assholes. And um, the I, so one day, confession, mm-hmm. uh, years ago, there was this matte black BMW. I have a vendetta against niggas who drive BMWs. <laughs> I have it out for you all because everybody who drives a BMW is an asshole. I'm sorry for whoever drives a BMW and listens to this show. Just strive. I'm holding a mirror in front of your face, and I just want you to know that stop driving like assholes. So everybody here in New York City who drives a BMW drives like an asshole, parks like an asshole. <laughs> they think that their car is the Lord. So this matte black BMW, a big old long thing, big old like diplomat looking vehicle that did not belong in Bed-Stuy at the time, <laughs> used to park on our block. And he would pull in and it would just, it would be spaces, but he would make it so that nobody could park by him. Parallel parking on the street. So now I can't park in front of my crib because you parking like a jerk. I egged the shit out of his car. One day me and Tristan were fed up. <gasps> We oh my God. were fed up. We were like, this nigga thinks his car shit don't stink. This nigga think his shit don't stink. I have had to sleep by the fire hydrant because this nigga parks like a jerk. Like, I'm tired of it. I have said something to him before. I have asked him to move up. He has refused. I'm over it. We went upstairs and grabbed a carton of eggs and egged the shit out of that Ooh. nigga's car. You're like, all right. Nice. Never saw him park on that block again. <laughs> I'm, or I pro or everything. Never saw him park on the block again. Hmm. Well, that's one way to handle it. I'm not saying I would do that now, or maybe I would. I don't. I don't have eggs as handy. But yeah, I had to teach that nigga a lesson. Like I, you know, I had to teach him a lesson. I was over it. Because he was a jerk. He was a jerk in his attitude. He was a jerk the way he parked, and I was over it. 
And that is another episode of Getting Grown. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Kia's face. It sure is. It's like, yeah. Kia's mm-hmm. like, what? It's another episode of Getting Grown. Um, thank you for tuning in to our thank foolishness and banter and conversation. We love you so much. We love our listeners for real, for real. Make sure you're getting your tickets to the live shows. Yeah, man. Philly, we're a month out. We're a month out from Philly. Oh, shit, we are. Yeah, man. Philly, I need y'all to show up. Don't have us out here. But we're going to have a good time. Um, We're going to have an awesome time in Philly. I just feel it in my shondo. Uh, So, yeah, we'll see you guys there. Philly on uh, September 22nd. Uh, New York City on October 5th. Come on, man. New York. New York. This it's is home. Be so y'all better show up. We have Come on. fun yeah. surprises for you all. So. Fun, fun surprises in New York. New York is our top city. New York, uh, Manhattan in, the, in, the, in Brooklyn yep. uh, compete every week for being our top cities. We need y'all to show the hell out. Um, better rep your, rep your sets. Yeah, man, because Atlanta is doing the damn thing. They are. Atlanta, you guys are showing up and showing out. So make sure you get your tickets, gettinggrown.live. Um, and we will, in the meantime, order from Zen in a Jar, especially mm-hmm. you ashy niggas on the corner. <laughs> Moisturize, honey, and continue to drink your water. And as always, it is most imperative for you to mind your business. You know why? Because your black will crack if it's absolutely dry. Bye. Bye. Bye.